This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best, and possibly some of the worst, tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy, and I'm all alone, and you're listening to Series 10, Episode 5, Sinners and Saints. And I'll start it off with the very obvious announcement that Addie is not in the studio today, and that is because she has come down with a little summer cold and has lost her voice, so she is unable to do words with the GM today. Next episode, though, she'll be back in full strength, and we will discuss both episode four and episode five in words with the GM. But... For this episode right now, it's just going to be me doing some announcements and then we'll jump straight in. So another announcement I have is a little reminder that the late backer window is open for Manifest the RPG, the game we played in Series 9. I'm sure many of you have backed, but for those of you who have not, now's your chance. Go check it out on Kickstarter. You can search Manifest the RPG. There's a button right there that takes you to the backer kit page where you can pledge late and pick up some pretty sweet add-ons while you're at it. The only other announcement I have is an adjustment on the previous announcement from last week. We talked about how we were beginning to do regular Twitch streams every other Tuesday. We said that those were going to land on the same day that we release episodes. However, due to some technical issues, we had to miss a couple weeks and our schedule has changed slightly. We're still doing bi-weekly Tuesday live Twitch broadcasts of Manifest the RPG. However, they are now opposite the days that we release this podcast. So there's not going to be a new Twitch stream this week, but next week, July 9th on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, we will be on the air doing yet another Twitch stream. It's a great chance for you to see some of your favorite Essential NPCs cast members playing the game we had so much fun playing during Series 9. But that is it for announcements, and without Addy, there's no GM to have words with. So, without further ado, let's move on in and listen to Series 10, Episode 5, Sinners and Saints. Enjoy! Hello, neighbor. I'm Brother Theodore. Growing up in Duskfall isn't easy for most, but I've been blessed to have a wonderful life in this nightmare city. Do you have a moment to talk about the Church of Many Tentacles? Our fantastic, legitimate religion has four easy-to-follow tenets that guide our path. We strive to be good neighbors, help the elderly, usher in the end times, and recycle. Using these goals as my compass, I was able to open my own cozy little tea shop in Six Towers. Radich's Tea and Tea Accessories is a great place for the community to find some respite from the endless darkness and daily horrors of the city. Our congregation has been meeting there while we make preparations for the church's most important ritual. After months of planning and gallons of tea, we were finally ready to summon Aralax, praise be their many tentacles, and let them recycle the world. Aralax arrived, bestowed their glorious destruction on the surrounding area, and then disappeared, just like that. 
most of our members were recycled. It was only through the grace of Aralax's many tentacles that I survived to continue our mission. I'll admit, I was very disappointed when we failed to usher in the end times, but it was a good first step. I'm rallying the surviving congregation, we're getting out of Duskfall, and we're figuring out our next steps. After all, starting over is just another term for recycling. Hi. They call me Brother Dub. They say one man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm fond of tinkering, and there's plenty of treasure to go around. It's amazing, some of the perfectly fine things people will throw out around Duskfall. It's ridiculous how offended they get when they find me in their dumpsters digging out their slightly damaged treasures. Even a broken thing can be remade, and that's what I specialize in. But it's gotten me into trouble. Sometimes I get so excited I forget to tell people I've improved their treasures, and they don't like that. But that was all before I met Brother Theodore. You see, the Church of Many Tentacles admires my abilities to recycle what I find. It's one of their main pillars of their belief. And for the first time, I, I feel accepted. Now I have purpose, and I can finally make a difference with my talents. Recycling for the greater good. At first, I wasn't entirely sold on the end of the world part. But Brother Theodore kept telling me that the world is just a bigger treasure that needs recycling. And I specialize in recycling. My name is Brother Gawk, and I've never been the luckiest guy. The people at the orphanage used to say I got left on every doorstep in Six Towers. As a kid, I wound up in a gang of street urchins pilfering coins, secrets, and ghostly echoes for the reclusive vampire Lord Skurlock. But no one stays at Ragamuffin forever. <laughs> Eventually, I aged out of gutter sniping and had to go into the pickpocket business on my own. It turned out I had also aged out of not getting beaten half to death when I got caught. <laughs> Until I met Brother Theodore. I was red-handed, but he was just nice to me. He invited me to his shop, gave me some tea, and introduced me to the Church of Many Tentacles. When I was initiated as assistant ritualist, everything felt perfectly set up to give this horrible world the ending it deserved. So how did it all go so wrong? Brother Dirkman. Hi. Look, this won't take long, will it? Okay. I got involved with the church after I fell out with the Abyssal Legionnaires. You know, the hired guns they use on the Leviathan Hunters. They taught me to shoot, I guess. I don't know. The finer points, maybe. It seems to me it's a skill you're born with, but maybe that's just because I'm so fucking good. Whatever. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time beyond the lightning fence. A lot of time. Deathlands will fuck you up. They should have been consumed in the almighty maw of Aralax, you know, just like everything else. I am so pissed that ritual went wrong. <sighs> 
Oh, this oh, this is Admiral Quibbles. She was Vice Admiral until just this morning. She's worked so hard. She's earned it. She has. She has. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know pigeons don't have military ranks that we know of. Anyway, yeah, uh, before that, I was just a powder boy. And before that, I was a chimney sweep. Just a bunch of dingy, tiny, sooty places. So yeah, you know, that's why I'm so goddamn cheery all the time. We done? We're done. Well, hello. My name is Morgan. Or Sister Morgan, if you want to be proper. If you've ever found yourself in one of the many underground poker halls in Duskfall, you might just recognize me. I have an easy face to remember, after all, seeing as my Tykerosi heritage has left me with this beautiful ash-gray skin and striking red eyes. Now I've always had a bit of the gift of gab, a way of convincing others to do and think what I want them to. But even I have to admit, I am burdened with a short temper. A byproduct of growing up among street thugs and gang enforcers, I'm afraid. When I was running with the Bravos, if someone crossed me or my crew, I'd be the first in line to snap them in two. But once I joined the Church of Many Tentacles, I've made a point to follow its tenets in an effort to be a little more neighborly and avoid such unpleasantness when I can. The church has given me the one thing I never could find with the Bravos. A family that actually gives a damn about each other. So if keeping a cool head and giving folk the benefit of the doubt is what it takes to be a part of this family, well that don't seem half bad. Still, every once in a while someone needs to be put in their place and well... Sometimes I just can't help myself. The last time we left the Church of Many Tentacles congregation, uh, they had just secured um, the second ingredient in their escape ritual they need to complete in order to get out of Duskfall before their crimes catch up with them. They were able to abscond with grade A, high quality, brand new Leviathan blood uh, for their ritual and have just uh, successfully returned back to Radich's tea and tea accessories with their loot um, after after completing what was all around a pretty successful job. Um even with the uh, small Leviathan hunt that they chose to participate in in the bowels of Brother Dirkman's old ship, the Blind Rochelle. So it's time for some payoff. So the Leviathan Hunters are a tier five faction. Uh, So you guys earned six rep and also were able to get away with some extra Leviathan entrails and ichor. And so uh, you guys initially planned to sell that. Is that correct? Do you have a contact that you are selling this with? Yeah, there's a lot of superstition and a lot of writings about what uh, you can use Leviathan, all kinds of Leviathan parts for. I know couple of rituals but uh i actually think if somebody knows a, a blood dealer that'd be more effective i'm not giving jewel any money <laughs> well well jewel would be given us money we would just be giving her some of this leviathan sludge we scraped off the floor yes and guess what she'll do in turn sell it for money so what you mean dub is you won't give jewel any business yes 
well, if we don't want to sell it to your dealer and we don't want to keep it, I'm sure Lord, Lord Skurlock might be interested in some rare parts. Yeah, who doesn't like to hang out with the vampire, right? I don't know. I'm kind of on good terms with my old boss. If you think that he's uh, he's going to pay for this stuff then and he lacks you, then that gives us a better negotiating position. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't. I don't. I don't know if he. I don't know if he likes me. I wonder if he likes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go on. Pay him a visit. Sell him some of this ichor, and uh, we'll find out. So you guys are going to sell this through uh, Lord Skurlock? Sounds right to me. Okay, so you do. Uh, one of his household ends up taking care of it. You don't actually see him in person, and you are able to get. Five coin. And I just want to let you guys know, before we get to uh, the heat section of uh, the post heist, is that the blue coat raid wheel has been ticked one more time. We are now at four. So then let's do some, figure out how much heat is coming down on you. So the Leviathan hunters are... Uh, well connected so that adds a heat and then uh it happened on basically their home turf so uh that adds another heat and while there was no killing involved people did die so we'll split the difference and we'll add an additional heat so that is three heat plus the uh two heat for the contained and standard exposure so that is a total of five heat. So let's do some entanglements. Your wanted level is still three. And what is your heat? Uh, currently it is at six. Let's see what happens. So for your entanglement, because you had six heat, um, one of you is going to be interrogated. One of you will be picked up by the blue coats uh, and they will uh, question you. You can pay them off with coin or they beat you up or you can tell them what you what they want to know uh, and add some heat to the pot but the question is brother theodore how did they capture you i was out separating recycling as i typically do tuesday afternoons uh, because our our neighbors as much as i i do cherish them deeply don't seem to care about the well-being of our planet uh, so as you are uh, separating out the green glass from the uh, clear glass, uh, you uh, uh, feel a tap on your shoulder. And, uh, and as you turn around to look to see who might be politely tapping you on the shoulder, you find your uh, face met with a fist. Um, you are uh, unceremoniously thrown into a blue coat wagon and taken down to the local precinct where they proceed to ask you a number of questions about uh, a heist in Coleridge where a, a body was taken. Uh, so you have the, the choice, Theodore, to pay them off with three coins so uh, they let you go with a warning or they can beat you up as a punishment for not sharing what you know and take a level two harm or you can tell them what you what they want to know and add three heat yeah i think i just get beat up 
Uh, okay. And before you take the level two harm, you may choose to resist it and take the stress instead. Uh, I will attempt to resist. So what am I rolling? Uh, so it'd be a, a prowess resist. I got a six. Uh, so Theodore, they they unceremoniously uh, nab you from your uh, charitable works, drag you down to the precinct, throw you into a concrete box, and keep asking you questions about an incident uh, in Coleridge. Uh, however, you keep insisting that you're a good neighbor and that you wouldn't have any idea about what's going on. Uh, and they keep on, you know, sort of trying to, and they keep on trying to, to beat the answers out of you. Uh, at one point, one of the officers, uh, you know, sort of leans down to pick you back up and says, do you have gold on you? If you got gold, I can make this go away. And uh, you say, I'm sorry, I don't carry cash. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so they, they keep on, they just keep on pounding on you for a while. Um, but uh, your true belief that these people will eventually find, uh, find peace in the arms of Aralax keeps your mind uh, from breaking against the pain. And slowly but surely, your resolve uh, wins out and uh, you are able to withstand uh, the beating both mentally and physically until the captain comes in and goes, hey, don't you know who that is? That's the recycling man. He does good around here. Get out. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get out of here. Go. What are you thinking? And he like smacks one of them on the back of the head. Um, and you are allowed to stumble out of the precinct and go home. Have a nice day. <laughs> and you, you take no harm because you were able to resist all of it. That was unpleasant. And now we've reached uh, downtime. As always, you have, uh, because you are not at war, you have two downtime each, though you may spend coin to uh, have additional downtime activities. Uh, you can, during downtime, do any of the, list the listed activities in the book. Uh, so if anyone uh, knows what they'd like to do for their first activity, go ahead. I'm going to get to work on deciphering this ritual. I was also going to start looking for our lost lamb, but I don't feel great about heading back out into Duskfall right this second. So how are you deciphering this ritual? Uh, I was hoping to try and attune to it and see maybe the metaphysical portions of it. Uh, sure. Go ahead and roll a tune. Mm -hmm. That is a six. Okay, great. So you... Uh are able to tick three of the decipher boxes, which leaves only one left. It becomes uh, pretty apparent as you sort of get the feelings behind the words rather than the words themselves. And so uh, a moat of earth, what they mean is some sort of basin object uh, to to hold all of the uh, as like a receptacle for everything else that's go uh, uh, in the in the ritual um, and uh, it is it has to be a sacred uh, basin like the ones that they use in the rituals of the the church of uh, ecstasy and as as you're sort of contemplating that you get another sort of like feeling uh, like as if a uh, fire washes over you but instead of um like hot flame it's a it's a cold 
like a deep blue, almost like a navy flame that you've only ever seen one place, which is in the bell tower of uh, the Church of Ecstasy as well. So uh, that that's like a big old bonfire flame. Uh, you you think you probably wouldn't need all of that, uh, but a, a portion of it potentially, or something like it. And and you know this flame is sort of um, derived from some sort of demonic essence, uh, and you think that that like sort of a a flame of demonic origin was is probably uh, what you're looking for. Well. It looks like we're robbing the church. So so that takes you uh, a bit of time, uh, Theodore. So let's move on to Gawk. What would you like to do? I am feeling really shaken after my encounter with that little baby sea demon. So I think I'm going to de-stress a little bit by pretending to be someone else for a little while. I'm going to indulge my vice kind of emulating my uh, my old habits, walking around the streets, finding a wealthy mark. But instead of robbing them, uh, I'm just going to follow them around and pretend I'm living their life for a while. So uh, you are um, reducing uh, stress. You're indulging in your vice. Go ahead and roll dice equal to your lowest attribute to clear your stress. Oh, boy. I rolled a six, but I only had five stress, so I am overindulging. Neat. Okay. So, Brother Gawk, you uh, fall right back into your old habits, um, and uh, you follow this one couple just all over uh, the place um, as they're out going shopping and then you're able to sneak into the theater behind them and you you're just you have just the best day pretending that Reginald and Eliza are your loving and adoring parents who have allowed you to come out with them for the day uh and then uh they they turn in for the night and you you feel good and and you know the fog uh, rolls in for the evening and, and you're, you're lit and you're like, I got to go tell some people I just had the best day. And so you go to hit up your old, like, uh, urchin crew that used to run with, with Skurlock, uh, as your patron. And because, uh, you overindulged, you can't help but give every detail and so you're in the story and you love it and it's great and you're telling it with fervor and the kids are all listening and just dreaming of what their lives could be and it's amazing and then uh you feel a hand clamp tightly on your shoulder and it's a blue coat that you've never seen before uh and he goes what's that you said oh i i was just talking about what a lovely day I had with my parents today. With your parents. Right. Today. Yeah. And uh, should we take you home then? Uh, no, Let's go no. home. And he grabs you by the back of your uh, jumper and sort of pushes you forward and goes, which way now? I, I, it's, it's okay. I, I know the way I can... Get. Oh no, if you've got such a lush setup, I don't think that your parents will want you out here. Now would they? Or is it you're a liar and a creep? 
It's the latter, sir. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If I see you doing it again, if I catch you, well, we'll be watching. Just know that. And he sort of like pushes you forward and gives you a little rap on the head with his little stick. Ow. (laughs) And uh, he watches you go uh, and you sort of start picking up the pace and he like follows you leisurely trying to figure out which direction you're heading. Uh, And you have brought two more heat upon the crew for being noticed by the blue coats. Sorry. So uh, Dirkman. What would you like to do for your first uh, downtime activity? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna head over to Incro and I'm gonna meet up with Philandra and I am also going to indulge in my vice. And what's your vice? Um, so I'm going into the tattoo parlor. Uh, but Philandra is also a whisper. Uh, so my vice, um, Dirkman is an insomniac he basically almost never sleeps like occasionally he'll he'll shut his eyes for 15 minutes but like that's the most sleep he gets most days um he's tried like drops a nightshade he's actually tried opium uh none of that shit really knocks him out uh so he uh <laughs> the one thing that has worked uh is he allows himself to get possessed uh, and whatever spirit possesses him sleeps for him, uh, but he has to do a trade, basically. Like, he, he gives up his physical body for them to complete whatever stupid fucking earthly business they have going on uh, so that he can get, like, eight hours of, of shut-eye. Okay, so uh, you uh, head on in, uh, and you give Philandra the sort of, like, nod uh she sets down her tools uh that she is in the middle of uh tattooing with and uh says something to to the woman on the chair uh dabs their their like shoulder blade where they're getting this like weird arcane symbol uh on them and uh and waves you back what'll it be today well i uh, i've recently come into a little bit of money and uh it's been about a week since i've slept so if you could just i don't know if you if you've been in contact with anybody recently but i'm i am uh i've got a little bit of i've got got a little bit of time off uh, for them to do whatever they need to do all right so what's the time time limit 24 hours let's do 24 hours 24 hours. All right. And she she walks over to a uh, a wall of labeled jars, which it looks like she's actually got them labeled because you've studied this before, Dirkman. Uh, it looks like uh, her system hasn't changed, which is purpose and length. Uh, and then there's like a name on it. But the, the names are sort of like always question marks because who knows what if they're lying or not. There's no identifying features. Mm. Uh, so she grabs uh, two jars, seems to be considering them for a moment. Uh, and then she puts one back and uh, and takes the other jar. And she she like pulls on her spirit mask. And she opens the bottle up and under her breath, you can hear her whispering uh, this sort of like harsh, punctuated, like very dictated incantation. Uh, And and uh, slowly, um, as if like hindered by her words, the the ghost floats out and then lays sort of like on top of you as you like recline on this like couch area and then it sort of like sinks into you as you close your eyes and everything goes black 
Uh, go ahead and roll uh, to clear your stress. Cool. That's a six. That is all of my stress. Great. Uh, so uh, you wake up uh, feeling rested uh, in uh, in Philandra's shop with Philandra standing over top of you. And uh, she's like, good morning. It's tomorrow. Uh, well, I guess it's good evening. Anyway, you're done. You're done. We're done. Did they tell you what they did? Am I going to have to worry about anything, you think? It was something about their daughter and, like, going to school or something. I don't know. I think Ugh. it was, like, a play. Oh. It's just, uh, you know. Oh, that's fucking stupid. I hope nobody saw me at some stupid fucking kid's play. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Who who do I know who would be there anyway, right? <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. You never know. Everybody has kids, so. I guess so. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate you. Did they pay you or? I... No, it was, uh, they, they paid in advance. Oh. All right. I like it. That's super neighborly. I guess I'll be going back to the tea shop. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, D- Dirkman's going to gonna head on back to the tea shop afterwards and see if anybody's hanging about. Okay. Brother Dub, what are you up to? I'll be continuing to work on the device to ensure this ritual goes much more smoothly than the last. So you'd like to work on your ritual device long-term project? Yes. Yeah, so uh, it is an eight clock, and it has two ticks already. What skill would you like to be rolling? Tinker, please. Yeah, that makes sense for this project, so go ahead and roll Tinker. I got a six. Okay, so you'll be filling in three ticks on that pie, and uh, what is it that you do uh, to this device? I look over the the ritual, and based on the interpretations I receive, I'm able to make calculations in order to guarantee precision needed in these rituals. I make a clamp for the basin that holds it perfectly center uh, amongst all the ingredients. Uh, great. Anyone who's uh, outside of Dub's workshop just hears like a, a lot of like straining and like banging and and all this stuff and uh he comes out uh with sort of a triumphant half crazy smile on his face and he says oh i don't say anything i just i just walk (laughs) (laughs) i just walk out and i have this it's like a small platform with a with a pocket watch built into it and uh, i I set it with the, uh, I set it by the ghost injector. And uh, Sister Morgan, what are you up to? Well, I'd like to complete two downtown tasks in one activity. Uh, I would like to both indulge in my vice and also try to reduce some heat. So I'm going to choose the poker halls that are in the areas that we've been active in most recently so coal ridge and down by the docks and i'm just gonna try and you know while i'm playing poker and relax and just do a little bit of business on the side and if anyone's talking about the activities that have been happening the body that's gone missing the leviathan killed on a specific ship i'm gonna go ahead and redirect their attention away from anything that could lead to my friends okay so we'll do the reduce heat first so what trait are you using to turn the conversation to more lighthearted and uh, less dangerous topics? I think it's a little more along the lines of giving them kernels of 
uh, not truths uh, in order to put them on the wrong path of speculation. So I believe I'm rolling sway here. Uh, go ahead. You know, stirring the rumor mill, as it were. And I got a six. Okay, great. So you uh, are able to reduce three heat uh, from your crew. And uh, let's see if the tables get too hot for you while you're doing this, uh, while your attention is split. Uh, go ahead and indulge in your vice. Motherfucker. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I did, in fact, roll a six on that as well. And I only have five stress to clear. So I do believe I overindulge in my vice a little bit. I may lose a little bit of focus here as uh, I have a bit of a hot streak. So uh, you are an expert at cards and you always have been sister morgan and one of the things that makes you so great is that you know not to win all the time uh but you are feeling confident everybody is listening to you as you spread your misinformation as if it were truth just the words fall from your mouth and and hand after hand you win uh and uh then uh you forget to lose a couple of times and uh and then you're you're so caught up in in telling your story uh and and laughing and drinking and smoking and everything else that uh you don't notice when the bouncer just gently puts a hand on your shoulder <laughs> and as you've overindulged uh you actually uh they believe that you're cheating even though you're just a really good poker player. And uh, the the bouncer uh, looks down at you and, Ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to vacate the premises. I set my jaw, and then I blink a couple times, and I say, Well, Maxwell, because it is you, I will not make a scene here. And I turn back towards the table, and I go, Ladies, gentlemen, I must bid you adieu for the evening. Uh, thank you for all your hard-earned cash. And then I, I, I stand up and, and cash out. And as Max steers me towards the, uh, the street, I say, you know, you should get your bosses to get their story straight. I cash out my money. They say, come on back, reinvest. I do. And then all of a sudden they have a problem with how I play cards. Uh, you let them know when they're ready to see me again. Miss Morgan, you know why I don't make any of them decisions, right? I do, but saying so makes me feel just a little bit better about this injustice. I understand. Uh, I probably ain't gonna tell them nothing. That makes sense. You need to look out for your own position. I understand, Max. You have a good evening. Uh, hopefully we'll see you again not too soon, Miss Morgan. <laughs> I, I return to the tea shop a little bit more heated than one would think from having had a nice winning streak at cards. Uh, okay, so uh, that is everybody's first downtime activity. Uh, would anybody like to start this round of the second? Uh, I am... In the tea shop studying the ritual when I see Morgan come in. Uh, and I'm going to use my calculating ability. And due to my careful planning of 
just being here at the right time, Morgan gets plus one downtime activity. And I will use said downtime activity to train in uh, in resolve. I believe I, I come in in a bit of a fluster and Theodore's sitting there. And of course, it's just me and Theodore at that moment as he has prearranged. So I'm willing to open it up and about what's wrong with me. And we sit down, have some tea. He starts calming me down. And uh, in our long conversation where Theodore maybe shows me a little bit about how to be a little less of a liar and a little bit more of a friendly person, uh, I'm going to go ahead and raise my skill in consort. Uh, Great. So uh, because you are part of a cult, you are able to train uh, with Resolve by getting two marks in your playbook track instead of one in Resolve, uh, which I believe fills your Resolve track uh, and allows you to spend the XP to bubble in a new bubble in, what did you say, consort? Yes. I I turn to theater. I go, I don't understand. I was being friendly. Well, the thing is, is that you have a tendency when talking to turn the conversation towards your own ends and try and get your way. I don't know if you've noticed that. I mean, is that not how normal people talk? Sometimes the point of the conversation is the conversation. I'm sorry, what? That don't make no sense. (laughs) Well, think of it like this. We're sitting here and we're talking and enjoying each other's company, right? I sit there for maybe a little longer than I should on that. And I go, yes. That's that's it. Oh, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Theodore and I hit him on the shoulder. You are good. (laughs) (laughs) I do my best. I think uh, Brother Dirkman's going to immediately test this uh, training as he enters the tea shop. As soon as he lays eyes on Sister Morgan, he says, Oh, well, look what the goats dragged in. How you doing, Sister Morgan? You look like you've been gambling. I'm doing just fine, Dirkman. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Gritting my teeth. I very subtly, under the table, so only Morgan can see, like, make a small thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing great, you know? I've been doing great, for sure, for sure. I'll sit there for a second wanting to say how he looks so well-rested, but then I stop myself, and I go, care to join us for tea? Sure, Dirkman says, narrowing his eyes. (laughs) I guess I could. And then I find a little bit of joy in having just a pleasant conversation with Dirkman. (laughs) By the end of the conversation, Dirkman is very put off. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so who would like to do their second downtime activity? I believe I escaped that blue coat uh, dodging through the streets. So um, I I come in... uh, to the tea shop the bells ring and i and i come in like a little flustered and then i see just like there's the three there's three of them uh, sitting at the tea shop oh hey uh not hi (laughs) hi gawk everyone i'm just gonna go uh i'm just gonna go to the to the ritual room to i need to just gonna just be alone for a for a minute don't touch my timetable Uh, Okay. (laughs) 
It just me, or does he seem just a little bit more flustered than usual? Not a lot, but a little bit. No, everything's normal. You know I'm lying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to head down into our uh, our little ritual room, and uh, I am going to... Uh, do, I'm going to prime my magical sorceress ritual. I have a ritual that I know that can summon a fragment or a, a maybe more accurately a puddle of Aralaxian ichor, a little goop, my little goop dog. Uh, and I'm going to prep that uh, so that if I ever need to summon it, it I can basically just um, finish the last part of the ritual and, and summon it up. Uh, okay, great. Um, so prepping prepping this ritual is pretty stressful. You have to reach out into kind of beyond the ghost field into something else. There's not really a word for it. You, it's sort of this cold, prickly, empty, full space <laughs> uh, where you have to reach out and pull that little puddle of of goop right to sort of right before uh it would come into reality and the the fight the ensuing fight that you have with that uh is incredibly draining uh and pretty stressful and so you will uh, accrue for stress in doing it so uh so it is right there waiting for you to pull it out of the ether uh, and, uh, it will only wait there. The binding that it keeps it in that sort of in-between state will only last for so long, but you know that it is there if and when you should need it. It's good to know someone's looking out for me out there in the blackness. As around the time Gawk is finishing up this ritual, I hear him kind of cleaning up and I, at one point, right as you're done, Gawk, you look up and the door's open and I'm leaning there in the, in the frame and I go, how's it going, Gawk? Oh, don't, don't, don't look. I'm very sweaty. I was just in the ether, so. <laughs> I'll wave my hand at that and I go, oh, it's, it's nothing I ain't seen, honey. Um, I just, you seemed a little bit flustered when you got home. And I mean, I roll my eyes a little bit. You may have fooled the others that everything was all right, but I can always tell. You know that. Yeah, nothing gets past you, huh? Uh... Anyway, uh, yeah, so I got kind of got followed home by a blue coat. I, I was out uh, doing something, you know, just relaxing. Uh, and uh, well, I got I got, I got kind of caught up, and uh, th- then there was this blue coat with his hand on my shoulder, and he wanted to uh, make sure I got home safe. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I think he was following me. Did you happen to get a good look at his face, Gok? I'd love to have a word with him. Uh, yeah, yeah. B- bushy mustache. Uh, not very well kept. Um, kind of the big flat nose, like like he's been punched in the face before. <laughs> I grin at that one. Uh, and then, yeah, I press, I press Gawk for a little bit more information until he's run, run through exactly what this person looks like, maybe what he thinks his name might be. Uh, and, uh, then as I'm getting ready to leave, I go, uh, also Gawk, ain't no point in trying to lie to me. You know, I can always tell. For instance, 
I, I glance back and I go, I know you didn't uh, just pay your purveyor in favors when he let us have those ritual scrolls to get Grandma's soul. I know I ain't the only one who held on to some coin. Well, uh, I don't have it anymore, so... Ain't no shame in it, honey. Talk to Theodore. He'll let you know. And then uh, I walk out, and I will spend a coin for a, an, a final downtime activity as I pay off various blue coats until I find the exact blue coat that harassed Brother Gawk. And I would like to roll skirmish to reduce some heat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> I rolled another six. Wow. So uh, it takes you the better part of what's considered an evening uh, to to find this gentleman. And just as he is conveniently coming off shift, he turns down a, a small roadway off the main thoroughfare and um, you are able to just have a very polite discussion about how he remembers nothing from today ever again. Yep. I mean, I'll leave it so that he can return to work and I don't hit him in anywhere would be visible. But uh, yeah, he'll remember not to remember. So uh, with a six, you clear three heat. And uh, as uh, as Morgan finishes up, uh, Gawk ducks behind the alley he was watching from, puts his hand over his heart and heaves a sigh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so does anyone else have a downtime activity left that they'd like to do? I have something in mind. So I'm going to take my walking cart and uh, go back down to the docks. The, the docks where we were spotted initially. And uh, I'm going to try to make this cart a more commonplace thing. In fact, I think I'll just give the cart away to someone who looks like who's they're struggling with unloading their ship. A walking cart is a pretty unique thing to witness, so if I just got rid of it, perhaps get some heat off of us. Sure. So uh, you head down to the docks with your walking cart, and you see people starting to be like, hey, remember the one we saw that the other day? That was weird, yeah. And uh, you pass them by, because they're being mean, and uh, you find and uh, and you find somebody who looks like they're struggling, looks like they're in need of a neighbor. And so uh, you wander on up to them, you know, with your, your spider leg contraption carrier thing. It's, and you're like, hi, friend, let me help you. Uh, and as you do, uh, you kind of have your walker take the, the load from them and says, you know what? This is my spare. Do you want to just keep it? Uh, he's like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to use it. And you spend a little bit of time training the guy on how to use it. And you think he's probably got it. But but let's see how well you've taught him. Uh uh, and uh, what trait would you like to roll to reduce heat? I'll use my knowledge of this machine to teach this gentleman how to use it. Tinker. Uh, so you'll roll Tinker? Great. I got a six. That's great. So uh, you uh, reduce three more heat for the crew. Uh, and then in addition to that, this guy just like takes to your machine he is a natural and so with just a little bit of help it doesn't even take you that much time he starts loading his ship up and uh, all of those people who were like hey that guy over there yeah blah, 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 uh, are now like sort of like 
giving that guy a lot of side eye. Like, uh, where do we get one? Why does he get one? Because they're all salty. And you're able to make this guy the guy who has the walker. And now uh, it is no longer on your crew that uh, a Leviathan blood barrel may have gone missing. Is there anybody else who needs a second downtime activity? So it's not part of downtime, but uh, last session we our crew advanced and we're taking ghost echoes, which lets us uh, see, uh, lets the whole crew see into the ghost field to see echoes of things that used to be there. I think the way we're going to get that is I'm going to hold on to one of uh, those Leviathan parts that I sold off. I'm going to hold on to its eye uh, and me and Dub are going to work together to basically um, create a solution, a potion, an alchemical creation of sorts uh, of little um, demonic eye drops, basically, that we can uh, pop into our eyes. And now we can see the horrors of the past like they're right here before us. <laughs> that really does not sound very sanitary, Gawk. Yeah, but think about it. Like, what if there was a, a, like a sniper position, right, that mm -hmm. was in a tower that fell down so you could see it and you could actually well with the proper attunement you could climb it you could stand up on a like a crow's nest that hasn't existed for hundreds of years you're, you're saying that i could like touch and use ghost structures <laughs> dirkman it's it's wonderful the the ghost field is all around us all the time <laughs> and it's full of Wonders and horrors and terrors and wonders. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, terrible things. Like, don't look for too long or, or too hard or in one place for uh, an extended period. But the, the bounty of the ghost field far outstrips the, the cost of peering into it. Uh, speaking as someone who has seen much, much worse now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Gok. I, I I get it. You I you had me when you said ghost bird's nest. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Open your eyes. <laughs> so uh, you apply eye drops to everyone derived from uh, Leviathan eyes. Fuck that stings. It takes it takes a little while, but eventually, over like the course of a couple hours, everybody kind of gets used to sort of their like ghost vision versus like regular vision, and uh, and it, it steadies out to the point where they can control it. And uh, with this new boon, I will find Dirkman. Dirkman, it's possible another member of our congregation did survive the ritual. And I've, I've put in a little bit of legwork in trying to track them down. Uh, but I, I could use your help if you're up for it. Do we know who it is? Do we, do we know any information about them? We don't know who it is, uh, but they were sort of spotted stumbling out of Giant Park and... I figure between you and I, our ability to now see into the ghost field and your tracking skills, we might be able to make some progress here. I hope it wasn't Ben's. I fucking hate that guy. Well, anyone alive would be a boon to us and our continued survival. Unless it's Ben's, right? <laughs> That's not what I said. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so... I believe me and Dirkman are going to spend our last downtime activities on the long-term project Lost Lamb. 
so you uh, each can roll. How are you looking, uh, Theodore? Uh, I would like to use a tune to uh, zero into the ghost field and hopefully see echoes of where this lost lamb was. Yeah, okay. So uh, go ahead and uh, roll a tune and we'll see how you do. That is a five. I have. Okay, so with five, you'll check off two uh, ticks on this eight clock, bringing it to four, halfway filled. Dirkman, uh, what are you doing to search for this little lost lamb? I guess if we're going to Giant Park, we'll probably need disguises, I would assume. That's probably a good idea. Well, come on back to my uh, to my apartment. I'll 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 make us both up. And uh, Great. Dirkman's gonna gonna take Broted, uh, get him a little uh, <laughs> uh, disguise action going, um, and uh, from from there we're, we'll make our way to Giant Park to see if uh, we can attune and see anybody leaving the scene of the crime. Okay, so are uh, are you attuning as well then? Yes. Okay, go for it. Wow, double twos. So uh, you and Brother Theodore together uh, accomplish um, quite a bit of work, though uh, Brother Theodore has a better, uh, is more accepting of his new ability thus far and uh, is able to outstrip you just a little bit. You will tick one tick on this long-term project. Yeah, ghost people, I can understand. Ghost buildings, like how does that happen? They don't even have souls. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Well, nothing's ever really gone, I guess. Brother Dirkman and Brother Theodore, you actually find uh, that they headed um, north through Charterstone uh, towards Brightstone, which is um, pretty much the wealthiest area in Duskfall other than uh, White Crown, which is, of course, where the emperor is located. Uh, the fact that anybody from the Church of Many Tentacles would flee to Brightstone is a weird question mark that uh, definitely nags at you and feels like needs to be answered sooner rather than later. So uh, with that, that is the end of downtime and we will now move into free play. So once everyone has gathered back at the tea shop, I will fill everyone in. I have spent some time deciphering the ritual. Uh, it seems like we need a stone ritual basin, presumably like what they would use at the Church of Ecstasy for their rituals. And in a stroke of luck, though it's hard to say whether good or bad, uh, the moat of fire probably needs to be uh, some demonic infused fire, like the bonfire burning in the bell tower. At the Church of Ecstasy. How do you infuse fire with demons? I mean, I I guess you would be the 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 expert in infusions, Mr. T Shop, but that's just that seems a little extreme. Well, a lot of demons have uh, kind of uh, elemental affiliation. Uh it's possible, maybe even probable, that the Church of Ecstasy has demon fire. Mm. Well, that just sounds unpleasant. Yeah, it is. Uh, are you are you sure we can't go anywhere else to get these things? Well, if anyone else knows of where to get a stone ritual basin and demonically infused fire, I'm open to hearing options. But I think this is the only place where we can get both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just go with the simplest option and save some time. 
I, I feel like the church doesn't like us very much. What? Why wouldn't they like us? That's ridiculous. I don't know why you would think that. They shouldn't know anything about us. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they did. Well, we're going to rob them, Gawk, so I would hope to not let them know anything if possible. Uh, tell you what. That's enough to get started, at least. Uh, I guess I'm going to go try and hunt down information on these two items, see if there's anything maybe we can uh, know about their location or uh, qualities that will assist us in stealing them. And uh, while you're doing that, I've always been able to pass as a as a devoted acolyte of the church, so I will just... Reduce myself to attending some of their sermons. Perhaps I can spy where they store these things. I can study any rituals where these two things might be used in the, at the same time in the same place. So we don't have to go. We don't have to make two trips. Well, I think this job warrants me going and speaking with Duskfall's best information broker. Uh, I'd like to know as much as I can before we Go steal from the church. So after a quick meeting, um, all of you head off uh, into your own realms of expertise. Dirkman, uh, you call the Admiral down uh, to, to help you uh, in your hunt. And uh, you head off toward Brightstone uh, to the Sanctorium, uh, which is the... Uh, main cathedral for the Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh. Uh, what are you doing to gather intel about the area? I think I at least initially am just going to kind of circle the perimeter of the building. Uh, maybe if if there's a way for me to get uh, a good vantage point from, from top down, I'll also be uh, looking for that. Just like starting off with just a regular entry into the building, uh, and then if I need to go inside to get more information about the location of our uh, marks, I will do so. But initially, I'm just surveying the building. Well, while there isn't like necessarily a, a, a greenery park, this is about the nicest place that you can find in Duskfall. And so as you're sort of strolling about this like towering edifice of like flying buttresses and like statues of divine scenes and spires. Uh, there are stained glass windows that uh, are beautifully lit with, from within that you can almost tell that some of the panes are red instead of black and green instead of blue. Uh, it's a it's a colorful sight to behold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. Your church has fucking money. <laughs> and uh, people are strolling about the promenade that surrounds the building uh, in, in a slow, slow kind of leisurely pace that um, belies their sort of idleness. Uh, more than a few times you, you forget where you are and you start like marching forward in like a rush like you do. And you kind of hear like whispers behind you uh, and... Uh, and and then you sort of like, like correct yourself and and sort of nod and like a, no sorry I was in my head kind of way and and they're just sort of like weird and uh, yeah did you want to roll or for more information or did you just kind of want to check it out uh, I'm gonna I'll roll a survey okay go for it 
Yeah, what's a devil bar- devil's bargain look like here on the grounds of the church? You are too distinctive to be allowed to remain here for long. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to take it. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah, it's four. It's four. A four? Okay, mm-hmm. so that's uh, partial. So um, you get a decent sort of like, these are the exterior doors. They're all pretty well guarded. Uh, and there's not a good way to get to the upper, like the roof area uh, without being noticed. Um, They must have had it in mind that they didn't want people climbing all over this building because there's no handholds and there's no real way to get up until like 20 feet up. And then that's when the like ornate carvings and the statues and the stained glass and all the beauty kind of starts. Uh, So it's just this like flat edifice. Um, and, uh, And as you're walking around... You notice there are some uh, blue coats walking behind you, sort of matching your pace, seeing what you're doing. It might just be because they've noted you, uh, or they they. It might be because they think you're suspicious, uh, but it really depends. Uh, but it's very hard to say if you're not looking at them. Um, I'll, uh, since I've got Admiral Kobles with me, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, attune to her and uh, see if I can't convince her to look around the other side of my shoulder and, and get a better eye on these blue coats. So uh, Admiral Quibbles sort of like nonchalantly turns around and starts like pecking at your shoulder a little bit, like in a, in a fun loving way. Look, uh, look, but look, really look, up, you idiot. look fucking up, you idiot. Come on. <laughs> But really, just making the making sure the charade goes off without a hitch. Uh, and um, as she's looking, um, they are certainly exactly matching pace with you. It does. It's not. It's still not clear whether it's because they believe that you are doing something nefarious or just think that you don't belong because you're, you know, like dirty and poor that they're going to make you leave. Uh, but they are certainly, that's certainly the intent that, that Admiral Quibbles can just infer from looking at their, at their footsteps, uh, their very distinctive footsteps. So you, you get that info just as two more blue coats turn the corner around the building, not necessarily again, beelining it for you, but in a sort of natural herding motion that you will, you are now set between the two of the the two groups uh sure so rather than being pincered between these two groups i think i'm just gonna i'm gonna have i'm gonna ask i suppose i'm gonna ask admiral kobles just to to fly in between these two as though as though she's gonna hit them in the face but really just fly between them as a distraction and as soon as she does that i'm gonna bolt uh the ones in front of you or the ones behind you the ones behind okay sure she coos with um acquiescence and flies off your shoulder and uh, flies uh, straight uh, at them and they're like oh, oh, oh and you start running uh, you see Admiral Quibbles found some bread on the ground and is now eating it behind them to make it look nonchalant like she wasn't attacking them she's such a um, good pigeon I just don't I don't know how she does it highly competent uh, and you and you beat it so um, what trait would you like to elude these uh, these blue blue coats with who are now jogging uh, at you uh, the two in the front the two in the back were uh, uh, distracted successfully by Admiral Quibbles 
I think I'm going to try uh, to wreck a little bit to misdirect them. I'm going to throw a brick through uh, just a, like a large plate glass shop window, jump through that window uh, to make it look like I'm exiting the back, but instead I'm going to exit through the front door. Does that make sense? <laughs> Like I'll hide in a clothing rack or something. So I don't think that wreck is is the role for this. I think you throwing a stone at a window is is the least risky part of this uh, plan. Sure, fair. it would. Yeah, it would either be um, prowl or um, let's like let's that. call it a prowl because it would definitely no matter what it'd be a it'd be a prowess role, right? Yeah. Yeah, prowl works great for me. So uh, so you pick up a, a loose cobblestone and you throw it through a window and you crash through and, you know, ah, everybody freaks out. Um, and then you hear, like, whistles of blue coats behind you. Tweet, 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 tweet. Uh, and, uh, and you duck in uh, behind uh, into the center of a round clothing rack and go ahead and roll prowl. That's a one. Okay, so uh, Dirkman, you duck into the middle of the clothing rack, uh, and uh, for a moment you think everything is going to be perfectly fine. They, you, you hear footfalls going a different way, and you're like, oh, okay, uh, and you, and you, you know, sort of like pop right out. Uh, but it seems that they left one blue coat behind just to make sure that you know to take the report and you basically walk right into him and he full front sees your face and so uh there's nothing you can do to stop him from recognizing you um and probably getting a pretty accurate sketch of what you look like for sort of suspicious activity and burglary uh in brightstone uh so you uh shove him because he's just as surprised as you are you shove him um but you lose the opportunity to appear in brightstone uh not undercover so uh what that complication means is basically you uh, Dirkman lose the opportunity to take part in any subterfuge in the area leading up to and during the heist without uh, uh, being in a desperate position. Nailed it. Also, uh, there is now a, a higher awareness of you, uh, and someone may recognize you from the Giant Park incident. So we're going to tick two evidence boxes. What's everyone else getting up to? <laughs> Uh, so while Dirkman is scouting out the church and no doubt utilizing all of the skills he's learned as a hunter of leviathans <laughs> and later a careful and controlled bounty hunter of men, and <laughs> I'm sure he's going to come back with a lot of intel, I go and see Salia. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know that uh, today is actually the day that Salia can be found uh, at the arms of the weeping lady right here in six towers, uh, which is a bunkhouse and soup kitchen. Uh, so you head over to the soup kitchen, uh, and head over to the bunk, the last one on the left, uh, and you lay down on it for about 25 minutes, uh, until Salia, uh, rests on the bunk next to yours. Hello, Salia. Hello, darling. A giant woman uh, lays down uh, on the cot next to you, and it looks as if it's going to buckle underneath her weight. Salia, I'm going to be blunt. 
me and my friends need to acquire some things from the church, and they're things the church will not happily part with. That sounds delightful. How can I help you? Do you happen to know how best I might uh, walk out of there with a ritual basin made of stone and a fire infused with demonic essence? Well, I suppose that um, the basin's probably pretty easy. All you've got to do is buy it. They're always selling them at the gift shop. Of course, you need a membership, but you can borrow mine, I suppose. Can you pretend to be me? But you'd have to not make any trouble. So maybe not me. No, not me. So the basin, now, if you need the real basin, that could be harder, though. You'd have to switch out one of the replicas with the original and then they'd be a bit upset but it would take them a while to figure it out yeah figure it out and then the flame you've got to get somebody all the way up there and then not die from it you need a tallow candle made from demon i don't know how you get that one (laughs) is there anything else i can help you with darling This suit's a little itchy. I want to get out of it. Its personality's sort of mm, sticking with it. (laughs) (laughs) No, Salia, you have been tremendously helpful. Uh, I I owe you and will happily repay it at any time. Something makes me believe that that isn't true anymore. I don't know what that is because I'm telling the truth. (laughs) (laughs) your activities are very interesting theodore bye-bye see you later oh i've got to get out of this i'll leave you to it and i get up and leave sure so uh you get up and leave and not too much longer after you leave you kind of hear a big like tussle and sort of the wind sweeping around behind you people start running out of the soup kitchen and <laughs> as there are screams uh, emanating from the bunk room and is anybody else trying to achieve something for gathering intel well i've been spending uh, the a few days leading up to uh as taken action been dressing my best for church and just attending as many services as I can without drawing too much attention to myself and if I get the chance I'll chat with any of the other acolytes and and I'll spend my time uh, observing when they when they do and do not use this demonic flame and this stone basin we're we're after just anything I can really gather by spending as much time in the church as possible Sure. Uh, so there are services, um, small services every day of the week and then larger ones twice a week. It seems that uh, the services in uh, the Brightstone, uh, shoot, what, what did I, I wrote it down. 
Um, Sanctorium, uh, which is the obviously the largest cathedral in the city, is um, a little different from some of the smaller chapels. The smaller chapels are all about um, giving yourself over and working yourself to the bones so that you've got no feeling and that you're empty uh, and and sort of like uh, trying to be as hollow as possible if you can't reach the state of being a hollow kind of... Um, you know, work, uh, work is the way to bring yourself the closest to ecstasy, fatigued to the point of, of, um, feeling nothing. Uh, whereas, um, in Brightstone, it's a lot more, um, bacchanalian. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, violence and sex, um, and sort of, uh, enjoying, every feeling without compunction or uh and satisfying every compulsion uh so as you arrive the first time you're you know you're sort of expecting more of more of the like um oppress yourself into divinity kind of messaging uh, and uh, come and and uh, you're surprised, but you're a skilled liar. So you hide it as, uh, you know, they they bring out the basin, they pour some sort of liquid into it and then uh, they light it on fire. A smoke fills the room and everyone just sort of starts fighting uh, and uh, they lock the doors and and and, you know, bolt them and. Uh, and it's now obvious why the walls have no windows until 20 feet up. The, it is violent. And uh, as the, the liquid in the basin burns up, everyone comes back to themselves. And you realize that, like, you've pummeled many people to the, like, brink of their lives. And they thank you for it. And... Uh, then the next service is is a little bit smaller and it's more about finding the pleasures of the flesh and then the next one is about finding the pleasures of stupor uh, and as you go through uh, as many days as you're able to attend uh, it is it is um uh, it's like pleasure to the point of displeasure and excess uh, and I don't know how many days that you'd like to attend, but that's that's basically what you find. And the basin, they pour different liquids into it uh, every service. Um, and and it, that seems to be the catalyst, whether it's psychosomatic or a placebo or actual sort of demonic magic uh, that that in, instills sort of this like unconstrained state of mind. Emma perhaps able to see where they take this basin out of and uh, where they store it? Is it in the main chapel? Is it somewhere else? Am I able to gather uh, any more information beyond the fact that uh, these services are just excessive? Sure. You can roll to see what you can glean uh, and and sort of see if you can keep your mind about you when uh, as, as this sort of chaos ensues. Uh, I probably, I think either, uh, consort or sway or, um, skirmish. Uh, as skirmish and sway are, uh, the same for me, uh, I'll leave it to your discretion as to which one I'm rolling, but the intention is that, uh, I'm so good at it that I can keep my head about me and not pay much attention as I either pummel people's faces in or, or distract people with my swaying. 
and I have a four. Okay, great. So you are able to see that it is kept in a uh, antechamber off of the nave of the church um, and that it is uh, a locked door and it seems like the um, priests each have a key um, that they wear around their, their neck. This uh, comes at a price, though, uh, because um, as you're watching, uh, you're able to deal with the one person whom you're fighting with at this very moment. But somebody gets like a sucker punch in and like just like clanks your jaw real hard uh, and you will take a uh, level one harm that you may resist um, uh, called uh, concussed. Uh, And I will be resisting this with prowess. Yes. I will do so. I got a four. Okay, so you'll take two stress. I headbutt them back. (laughs) As I come back from one of the services, having seen this, uh, knowing that it is in fact the uh, priests who who hold the key, and each one of them has their own, um, I've spent a little bit of time uh, uh, familiarizing myself with some of these people. It might be that perhaps I can... Uh, lure one of them into some kind of uh, situation alone with me and incapacitate them and retrieve said key. Okay, great. So, Brother Gawk, you mentioned that you wanted to do some research on services? I guess so. Uh, I've always kind of uh, been at odds with the Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh. I mean, I went from basically the vampire Lord Skurlock to uh, the Church of Many Tentacles, so never really been super familiar with their stuff but i assume i can pick up a book or two or scrounge something and and research maybe their rituals their holy days and see if there's ever a time where this demon infused fire and this stone ritual basin are ever in the same place at the same time uh yeah so um you if you'd like you can uh roll for that uh there are Tomes upon tomes in the library at Charter uh, Charter Hall University uh, about uh, the Church of the Ecstasy of the Flesh. Um, so it would just be a matter of finding the book and, and finding the right days. Uh, you could absolutely extrapolate from one of these books uh, what days might be best for you. Sure, I think study seems appropriate. Uh, go for it. Uh, I have a four. It takes you a little bit longer than you'd like, but you find the book and when you find it, you start perusing it and extrapolating it. And it looks like there are uh, three days uh, in an annum where uh, where the the fire and the basin are together. Um, And uh, one is the emperor's birth date. with every every annum and then one is the anniversary of the founding of uh the the church of the ecstasy of the flesh which is uh about 500 years ago um and then the other is uh the day of atonement which is uh, uh, the day when everyone is expected to go to church after a day of feasting uh, to partake in its activities. And it's your guys' luck that actually uh, the celebration of the founding of the church is uh, just right around the corner. Uh, And um, it 
shouldn't be too long uh, if you're willing to wait uh, to to snag those both together. Of course, it looks like from the records that attendance is high on those days, uh, which could be a blessing and a curse. And also there, uh, there tends to be a lot more security outside in Brightstone because of um, the crowds. Well, I guess it would make... Um... So either way, uh, it, it would be less suspicious us showing up to church on a day when everyone's showing up. We can blend in, but it'll be really tough to actually make the switch. The question, I guess, is, is it harder to make the switch on the basin or climb the bell tower and get the demon fire from there? Because... If we don't go at a time when the demon fire is somewhere else, someone's climbing that bell tower and getting demon fire from it. Well, I've happened to ingratiate myself over the course of many nights attending services at the church, and I might just be able to uh, distract one of the priests long enough for Brother Gawk here to get his hands on the keys, and what better place to hide than in a bustling crowd? Sounds good to me. Okay, so after uh, finding the best time and deciding uh, kind of how you're getting in, uh, it looks like uh, your your enemy of the the church of the ecstasy of the flesh is finally going to get what's coming to it as you guys plan to relieve them of some of their most prized possessions on one of the busiest days of prized possessions on one of the most busiest days of the year. And that's where we'll end our session. This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions, all rights reserved. This series of the Essential NPCs podcast is based on Blades in the Dark, a product of 1-7 Design, developed and authored by John Harper and licensed for use by EMPC Productions under Creative Commons Attribution. For more information, go to www.bladesinthedark.com.